Good evening, it's six o'clock and you're listening to Newswire on DCUFM. I'm your host, Fiona Kenny. I'm joined in studio uh, virtually today with my co-hosts, Roisin Cullen, and our news presenters, Jack, Sarah, Valerie and Niall. Coming up on today's show, uh, we're going to be talking about the payment for students as part of Budget 2021, the risks facing Dublin Zoo at the moment, the recent outrage of crowds gathering in large cities with lockdown still happening, and also the possible reopening of the pubs just in time for Christmas. As always, you can contact us on Twitter at DCU Newswire or by using the hashtag DriveTime. So first off, I'm going to be starting the show with the highlights of today's news. So first of all, a COVID-19 vaccine has been developed in the UK and it can prevent 70% of people from getting the virus, according to new data. AstraZeneca and Oxford University announced their job is effective in preventing many people getting ill and it has been shown to work in different age groups, including the elderly. One of the dosing patterns used by scientists suggests 90% effectiveness if one half dose is given followed by a further full dose. So in sports, we have Tipperary and Cavan are waking up as respected Munster and Ulster, Ulster football champions today in an extraordinary turn of events in the All-Ireland Football Championship. In one of the greatest GA stories of the year, and 100 years on from Bloody Sunday, Tipperary delivered a thrilling match against Cork to become Munster champions in over 85 years. In another shock twist, Calvin Bethany Gallen ended their 23-year drought in the fight to become provincial champions. So lastly, we have the weather. Uh, it will be cloudy but dry first. Outbreaks of rain will develop later this evening. Breezy at times with moderate to fresh and gusty southwest wind. The lowest temperatures will be of 9 to 11 degrees Celsius. So first up today, we're going to be talking about the payment for students. And now we're going to go to Valerie, who's going to tell us about that. So this week, Minister for Education Simon Harris announced that students in third level education will receive a payment of €250 Euro before Christmas. This is part of the €50 million Euro package allocated to students as part of Budget 2021. Students receiving the SUSE grant would receive a top-up in their grant, and students that pay the €3,000 Euro contribution fee would either receive a fees refund or a credit note for the college. This payment is a government decision to aid and acknowledge the difficulties of online learning this year to four students due to coronavirus. So do we think, will students be happy with this news? I think it's gonna have mixed reaction because it was made out like we were gonna get 250 euro cash and then at the last second it had turned into a credit note without any prior knowledge. Yeah. I think as well, it's a question It's a question of like, if you get the Susie grant or not. So obviously if you get the grant, um, you just get the top up in like your next payment or whatever, so you'd be happy with that. But if you've paid your fees, and you just get a credit note, that's kind of unfair if the person that you would sit beside in class is getting the cash, whereas you're getting the credit note. I don't think that's very fair because um, we're all in college. It's all really expensive. So um, I think also another problem that we'd like that students have is like, is 250 euro enough? Um, some believe that we shouldn't have to pay anything at all as it is a registration fee and to go into college and we're not actually going to be on campus at all we're not going to college pretty much so some people want just to basically be refunded all their money but obviously that's not that realistic but um so maybe more than 250 euro yeah it seems to be like this grant is kind of a way of sweeping other issues under the carpet and so instead of addressing a lot of valid concerns that students do have in relation to online learning increased workload etc it seems very much here's your credit note you know everything's fine now and that might not register with a lot of students who are struggling this year yeah um 100 like you have to buy so much equipment 
um not even equipment but like if you have bad wi-fi you might need an extender for, for a laptop um 250 isn't really enough but um it'll do for now can buy my christmas shopping so i'm happy enough with that <laughs> um, hopefully and uh, so the next <laughs> the next story we have is the crowds gathering in the city and now we're going to go to sarah about this yes yeah, so the story is about uh as you said, large crowds gathering uh, to drink outdoors in Cork City. Um, a total of nine arrests, including two juveniles, occurred on Saturday night in Cork City Centre. Guardi reports crowds coming together to drink alcohol outdoors this weekend in Dublin City uh, Centre, down in comparison to incidents that were seen on uh, William Street South the previous weekend. A video footage was actually taken um, of the situation in Cork on Saturday evening and was posted to social media by a charity worker, Mr. Hamu. The footage shows huge crowds gathered on the streets of Cork City. It pictures an uncontrolled situation with loud sirens uh, in the background and a Gardaí chase ongoing. Gardaí approached a group of youths that night on suspicion of the sale and supply of illegal drugs and the chase followed when one of the youths ran from the Gardaí when questioned. Mr Hamu estimated that roughly 1,000 people were gathered in Cork City at 8pm. The Irish Examiner was also informed by Gardaí sources that Saturday night was actually one of the busiest the city has seen since the pandemic began in March. Dublin was also reportedly busy, but most likely due to the outrage that followed the scenes from last weekend of William Street South, there was less alcohol consumption and people gathering in large crowds. So yeah, um, if you want to talk about maybe just how this obviously obviously reflects badly on those who were involved uh, in, in crowding like this in the city, but also how it, it's just so unfair to the people who are actually following guidelines and who are actually making the effort to get the case numbers down. What do you guys think? It's just irresponsible, to be honest, because it is like we are doing our best to keep make sure that all kind of essential workers are trying to, are staying safe and we're going to have a Christmas. But at the same time, on the other end of the scale, you you do feel bad for the common kind of pub owner because all he or she wants to do is just put food on the table at the end of the day and keep the lights on and pay whatever bills they have building up. And if people can't kind of act responsible, it, may, it makes them look bad. They are the ones who get punished at the end of the day. They're just going to close the pubs. It's going to make harder for that person to like keep their lights on at home. Yeah, and like they they they, they were going to put that in. No, no more takeaway drinks and stuff like that. And that's just like that's not the pub's fault that people can't just act in a way that is responsible to the obviously the public health device that's out at the moment. So I think it's really down to just people. I think. Obviously, everybody's fed up, but like there's like there's a difference between just doing your part and just, you know, going on a socially distanced walk with your friend. Then there is, you know, crowding. With, and there was hundreds of people like I see in the footage and I, it's an absolute disgrace. Also, though, there is another kind of side of reaction where on Twitter people were saying, well, if you're there taking video footage of the events, then were you also contributing to the crowd? So there really is two sides of it there. Like, but yeah, I at agree. The same time. The person who's videotaping it could have been from a bit more of a distance with a mask so we don't really know when yeah that's true I think, I think that's part of the problem though people videoing it it is i th i think it's important though if you video because that will just it kind of like i don't know puts it out there and i don't know if you know naming and shaming and showing all oh, these are the people who are doing this but i just think that you know if you actually show proof that this is happening the government will look at that and see it and 
maybe do something about it. Like there's so many sides we could take from this. Like obviously we're all staying at home, like we're trying to do our part and everyone wants the pubs and to see their family for Christmas. So it is a pain in the back that way. But especially like there's pubs, like if pubs in the city centre in Dublin and Cork can have takeaway points, I'm sure there's lots of pubs like in the rural countryside that haven't been able to open at all. Like they haven't been open since March. So they're definitely... I would say they're like, how come they can open and have takeaway points, whereas we can't? They've probably lost out on so much business as well. So just, yeah, there's a million different ways you can look at this, but hopefully um, people start being responsible. Um, I'm sure we'd all love a point. I know I would right now, but um, I would rather have it uh, safe and be responsible and look after my family than to not do that. Um, so next up, we, ha- we just have a poll about Christmas. So we all know Christmas is going to look different this year. And that also means buying presents as well. So if the restrictions ease in two weeks' time, whether it's level two or level three or uh, whether not be level five, it hopefully will mean that non-essential retail outlets can open and the madness of Christmas shopping can commence. Uh, so with that in mind, how are you all going to do your shopping this year? It, is it mostly online, uh, 50-50, or do you just really like shopping in person? Online. <laughs> yeah, I think. <laughs> just like, all online. I think Amazon is actually pretty handy right now. They're deli- like deliveries in a lot of shops has been like so much quicker, I think, because I think a lot of places are like ramping it up. But then again, places like Penny's, I heard that they're going to be 24 hours maybe after the lockdowns eased, which would be actually kind of crazy. 24 yeah. hours though might be good at stopping, you know, the huge crowds of people during the day though, which could, yeah, could be a positive thing. But I think like, to be honest, it would be mostly online for myself. I, like the in shopping experience at the moment is not, like it's it's not a positive one. I think like a lot of the times you see people, they, they look nervous to be, even be around. You can't try on any clothes, which is the yeah. same as online shopping. So there's no real difference except for like being able to actually look at it in person before you buy it. Mm-hmm. That would be. Exactly. Um, shopping at Christmas like is you know stressful as it is without COVID and you know uh, even in normal times people you know don't like waiting lines or whatever but now there's actually even like a fear of it because you get hundreds of people going into big shops like pennies all at once and as soon as um, the lockdown eases and they're not going to be standing in two meters in the, in the queue no matter how much anyone tells them that it's not going to happen there's no way. So I think online is just, and as you said, you can't try on any clothes. So, I mean, online, I think is just the way to go. If I'm going to be honest, um, I'll be doing the opposite. I won't be doing any online shopping. Uh, the thing, I, I, my family come from a background of having like a shop at home. And I really feel for anybody who has a business right now because you are getting crippled. There is no uh, pandemic and unemployment payment that is covering enough. It is just scraping by. I, I was shopping local so much. It's going to be, it'll be a lot of knitted presents this year, but like I do really feel bad for anybody who has a shop and even running an e-commerce section or an online shop is expensive too. It foots its own bills. So I'm going to do my very best to try and actually shop around where I live at home to try and just give people a hand. Um, I'm actually working in Duns at the moment and this Sunday kind of saw the start of the Christmas rush. So people were kind of coming in the minute they saw the Christmas lights on Grafton Street. It was kind of the start of this traditional Christmas that you had to have the normal kind of browse around so people don't really feel like the online um, experience is as authentic which might be issues there even when you have pennies going 24 hours etc 
there are some people who enjoy the kind of rush of the Christmas shop and the queues and the hustle and bustle. So I think that will always present problems this Christmas season in relation to COVID. Yeah, 100%. That's a great point as well. I feel like um, this year has been so strange and so abnormal that um, for a lot of people, we're kind of holding on to Christmas as like something normal, even if it is strange or you can't go to certain family's house or whatever. I think Christmas, like especially if people are putting up their trees, they want to go life on Grafton Street. They want it to be kind of normal because um, God knows we've, deal with a lot of challenges this year so far so if um shopping on shopping in person means that safe and responsibly and locally like jack said that would be really great so the next story we have is about the zoo and jack is going to tell us about that uh dublin zoo are uh, released a heartwarming video on their instagram account during the week uh stating that due to the impact of covid19 and the zoo being forced to close for the second time this year uh that the future of the zoo was uncertain uh, with the zoo being a 24-hour operation that needs constant attention and maintenance, the financial impact of having no customers walking through their doors was posing a serious threat to its operation. They asked the people of Ireland to come together to share the video around using the hashtag SaveDublinZoo and to donate whatever they could, no matter how small or how big. The campaign quickly gained traction and within a few days the topic was trending within Ireland and it started to gain the attention of the mainstream media and the government. The news broke early on Sunday morning that the Department of Housing, Local Government and Heritage confirmed it will allocate 1.6 million euro in grant funding to the sector, with an additional 500,000 being made available to 70 small and medium-sized zoo and aquaria. Dublin Zoo released a statement shortly after hearing the news of the emergency funding and also to, to thank the public stating, the entire team at Dublin Zoo are still in absolute shock and awe at the outpour of love and support from you all all over the past few days. Uh, this topic, I know, has received mixed opinions, though, um, through social media and online. Some people are for it and some people are against it. What do you think? Obviously, the zoo is like it's such a big deal in Ireland. Um, just one point that I want to look at. Uh, the government have confirmed it will allocate 1.6 million. In, like, in the grand scheme of things, like, for us, like 1.6 million is a lot. But for the government to give that much, um, I don't really feel like it is enough. Like it's kind of bad that Dublin Zoo had to do a public campaign and ask people for donations. Uh, I feel like the government maybe could have been doing a bit more. It is a big tourist attraction in Ireland, so um, maybe they could have chipped in a bit more, but that's just my uh, opinion on it. A lot of people have actually, they have mixed feelings about the humanitarian nature of it as well, because some people are obviously, like it's been said publicly and they've demonstrated themselves, Dublin Zoo, that they take adequate and above the need of duty of care of the animals but still some people are thinking no that money could go to let's say frontline workers that money could go to helping people who have businesses it's a very kind of touchy topic uh, the majority are backing it but there is some resistance against it um i think really though it comes down to dublin zoo being a landmark of dublin society and of irish society so even if you remember when Bewley's um said they were going to close their doors on grafton street that was met by public outcry because it's seen as a landmark location, even though pubs and cafes and shops around the country have closed and very little has been said about that. But I do think sometimes places like this that bring a lot of joy to people, when we hear they're closing, the government decided that they want to hang on to that because it is a kind of symbol of being Irish and a day out in Dublin and something that a lot of families um, would kind of cherish. Um, so I think it might go down to that as well. Okay, so the next story, um, Roisin on the pubs uh, reopening for Christmas. Yeah, um, so this is a story that's had a lot of traction over the last few a weeks. A very big one. 
Yeah, it's very important. Um, the VFI have said that it isn't feasible for pubs to open their doors for the Christmas season, just then to end up closing for January. It wouldn't be economically feasible in terms of rehiring staff, getting in stock, all that involves with running a pub. So they started a hashtag keep the lights on campaign um, last Friday, where pubs across the country were encouraged um, in association with Guinness to turn their Christmas lights on at 5 p.m. And the lights that were turned on were to symbolise the fact that these pubs feel that they are ready to safely reopen after lockdown and keep their um, businesses and their customers safe during this festive season. Um, so I guess, um, what would be your opinions on this? Would this would the traditional pub be a safer alternative to the takeaway points that we had seen on South William Street and the scenes that that caused? I think it's a difficult one because I think that this Christmas, if restaurants, pubs, no hospitality kind of industry gets a chance, this is going to see, like, it's just... It's going to be a lot more household gatherings and obviously that's not good that's what's the main cause of the cases and the uprise of them because when you're in a household setting there's absolutely no controls i i don't know about you guys but like places i was in the summer in dublin when when you could get your nine euro meal and a drink there was times when i seen social distancing wasn't being adhered to people weren't putting on their mask when they got up to go to the bathroom and stuff like that it did happen but there's more of that happening in a pub in a controlled environment than there is in a household which is going to happen if if no hospitality sector is open this christmas so it's difficult it's hard and, and and especially hard for the businesses that want to stay open and want to survive like everybody deserves a chance yeah completely understand that um but also um even tony Houlihan has acknowledged the fact that um there is going to be a need for an outlet this christmas so um i guess we don't also see like off licenses are going to remain open, you know? Um, so it's very difficult to kind of predict what this Christmas might hold in terms of the virus. Um, and would you think then maybe, Bungie, um, that um, house parties mightn't make the news as much? They might be um, equally as much as an issue as the scenes we saw on Twitter. Yeah, I would definitely think that's the case because like you can't have people out in the cold at the end of the day, there's only so far I will go. If it's two degrees outside, I'm not going to be getting my takeaway pint and shivering with it. It is a cold drink. It will encourage things like, oh, come into the house here with the heating on. Like, it will make it seem more appealing. And at the end of the day, you will have people on kitchen tables. You'll have people in back gardens just piling in. At least if you have the pub open and controlled, you have one thing you'll never have at a house party. You get contact tracing at the door. You know who is in and you know who is out, when and where. You're not going to track who came in and out of your house and it, and it'll spread through social media and it just turns into just this crazy scenario. Yeah, and also the fact that, like, I think it should, well, it's quite obvious, but, like, I think it, this really applies to, like, place like town where if you, like, there's loads of pubs and the streets where there's pubs all beside each other and a few have takeaway points everyone's just going to be standing crowded around these sort of small areas and if you do have pubs open it, everyone will be allocated as jack said you you will be uh the, they will have contact tracing so even if there is a breakout or anything it can be stopped as soon as possible and everyone can get checked whether whereas 
if everyone's doing takeaway points on the street, who knows if, you know, uh, someone has it or not. Mm -hmm. That's completely fair. I think a lot of house parties as well go under the radar. Like, I don't think all of them are caught by caught by social media and are big, huge, you know, like the, the music blaring, people everywhere. It's not always like that. It could be 12 people in a house that's going to spread to another God knows how many people. That's going to be the real problem. So, yeah, I think... Like if 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 can if it can be done, the pubs are open and they do it really properly. Like I don't know. I think that could be the the most beneficial way. But in my opinion, I don't think wet pubs will will see opening this Christmas. No, um, I really feel like the issue here is that some pubs will obey by the rules and others won't. And that has been a thing that we have seen um, since March, really, since initial lockdown. That when we introduce a set of rules there are always going to be outliers. And these are the outliers that might actually cause risk to public safety. So in relation to the pubs, if one pub doesn't obey by the rules and um, causes an outbreak, unfortunately, or of course, if footage is seen on social media of people up on tables and um, you know bottles being shared around, then really that could spell the end for other pubs who have been... Um, you know, exercising, you know, strict social distancing guidelines and all the other safety guidelines that have been promoted by the HSE. So really, um, one pub could spoil the Christmas for all the others, which is the issue here. Um, yeah, they're all really good points. I think if they had someone from this group um, on the pubs association, we'd be flying in no time. Um, that's the last thing I wanted to say. Um, and that's us. That's it from us this evening. So we'll be back here at the same time next week. Um, we'd like to thank all the news editors that are here. Um, if you have any opinions on what we've been discussing today, you can always contact us on Twitter with the hashtag, hashtag DCU Newswire or at DCU Newswire. We'd always love to hear from you. Um, thank you so much for listening. Um, have a great evening and we'll see you again soon.